You are listening to the Photobomb podcast with the world's greatest photographers, Boo Ray and Gary. Hi, everybody, and welcome to the Photobomb podcast. My name is Boo Ray Perry, and joining me, as always, is Gary Hughes. Hello. Also sitting in on the side is Gary Hughes' able-bodied and very, very curly assistant, Derek. Hey. How's it going, everyone? Derek, Derek Mateo sitting in as well. And um, we have to start off by talking about the International Photographic Competition, the IPC, last week. And um, how did you do? How, how did your prints do in the uh, competition, Gary? Well, fuck you very much for asking <laughs> because um, not only uh, did I uh, uh, not do well, uh, but I didn't actually enter. I cannot believe after all the shit I that we, we and we talk about it on the show and it's a big deal and how did you miss the deadline? I honestly just forgot. Like I was, I thought the deadline to enter was July 25th and it was June 25th and then the late deadline was July 10th and so I'm thinking it's July 13th and I'm like I got like two weeks right. And uh, and I was even prepping prepping images for like our local PPA affiliate competition, and I just completely spaced it. In fact, I went to register on the website and said, "Error, the deadline is passed." Oh, was there a moment of a clinch there? Like what? It's, it'll be the first time in like eight years that I haven't competed. It was you know at, at IPC, and it and it hurts. But although at the same time. You know, with the baby and everything, I, I didn't have as much, you know, I wasn't worried about it as much. But it does suck because I have continuously done, you know, uh, increasingly well. I was really excited to kind of jump into it. And I just, my brain is in a million places and I completely forgot. So no no merits or loan images or anything for me because I completely forgot. Now, the upside is that next year you will have two years worth of material to pull from. So next year I'm expecting Four merit, four loan. Which should be just enough to get four right. merit. <laughs> right. I mean, there's something to be said about that. I mean, my first year, I did great. And I was like, woo! And then my second year, I tanked. And I realized it was because my first year, I had four and or you, five and years. And you've been sulking about it ever since. I have not. Listen, they, 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 the judging was very poor that year. <laughs> it, judging is a year. Oh, God. Try harder. Okay. So we have a, a fourth today. We have a guest. who I'm Speaking of awesome competition and competitors, one of my very favorite photographers, nay, one of my favorite artists, okay? Wow. Yes. Wow. Yes. Jen, wow. Jen Hillingay. Somebody, start calling somebody an artist. You're really stepping up the game, though. Jen Hillingay is with us today. Hi. Hi. Hello. Hello, guys. Joining, Lovely to be here. Joining via Skype. Now, I wanted you to be on the show for a couple of reasons. One, because I think that your uh, work is amazing. And we talk about the Loan Collection book a lot. And one year, you had an image on the cover, didn't you? Didn't you have the cover? I did get the cover of the Loan Collection book. That yeah. was kind of cool for, for those of our <laughs> listeners who aren't familiar there's a, let's say there's 7,000 entries into the international photographic competition and the loan collection is they basically essentially what boils down to the very best 500 images and uh, marathon press puts that out as a hardcover book every year you can buy all of the old ones from marathon press and they're a great deal and it's just an awesome source of inspiration to see some of the best photography and art from around the the, the world honestly and they pick one image every year as the cover. And it is like, in, in terms of photographic competition at PPA, it is the highest honor to, to, to get the cover. Would you say it's higher than the Grand Imaging Awards? I would say for me, I'd probably be happier about being on the cover. Right. Because the Grand Imaging Awards, nobody's going to remember this year who won last year. But <laughs> That's right. But the cover is there forever. So, Jen, what, was, yes. what did it feel like to get the cover? You know, it was it was a big surprise. It was amazing. Um I I got the call from Marathon and 
she asked me, she said, um, you know, we went through all sorts of different images and we came across yours and I just knew that there was no other option. And so I had to call you right away and get permission. And that was like a really cool feeling. But what was also cool about that particular image is that image was the first time I had ever scored a perfect 100 in print competition. Well, well, aren't you something special? Holy crap, man. I don't think I've ever scored above like an 85. You never get that feeling back. You know, the first time you ever, ever enter print competition, that first print that you ever have come around, you get that little like yeah, that's moment. True. And I never had that again until I got 100. That That's the only time that I've ever felt like that first time feeling again. So it was really cool. I'm very proud of that print. You know, I hear heroines like that. Yeah, good yeah. luck chasing that high. <laughs> yeah, good luck. So what's it feel like to have the rest of your life be a letdown? She's a good ride. So, <laughs> wow. Yeah, see, I, I don't ever want to be, I don't even want to reach that mountain because there's nowhere to go but down. See, that's why I personally, I don't really try for the hundred uh, because uh, I know, you know, that if I, if I, I mean, I could easily get the hundred, but if right. I did, then it would just be nowhere to go but down from there. Right. So, so You're I hold back. Happy. I always, I leave some, some actual mistakes in my prints to make sure that I don't get the hundred. <laughs> and that way I don't have to, I don't have to face the obvious depression and let down well, of not doing it. Not you know. only that, but you do it for us because otherwise we would never be able to attain your perfection. That's right. I don't so, want to hold, I don't want to hold that up to you right. and, and to, to make you feel bad. Right. You do it for us. It's really for the kids. I'm altruistic. That's very kind of you, Bure. I know. So um, are you still actively competing? I also missed the deadline. Oh, <laughs> two for oh. four. Yeah. Well, I gotta say, I gotta say though, the deadline is a little bit. I mean, if you do local stuff or, or regional, the deadline is usually like a couple of days or maybe at the most a week before the judge. Yeah, but they're organizing like a hundred images as opposed to eight thousand. Right. I'm entries. not. I'm not knocking it. I'm just saying it's easy to understand why you would be like, oh, it's a month and a half away. I've got plenty of time because with most competitions you do, but not with the PPA. And especially if you're working, for, unlike you, who basically just lives in your pajamas and sips oh, coffee. Oh, that's what I do. Right? Yeah. That's, <laughs> some of us actually work for a living. And uh, right. I know that Jen and I are both very busy, important people, whereas, yeah. like, who knows who even you are right now. That's true. Actually, your status got bumped up by being the Ryan Seacrest, which is that's really right. interesting. So um, you recently relocated, right, Jen? I did. I did relocate. Um, I My business partner and I had been in business for 10 years and we also had a company called jensfabulousstuff.com yes but they had some fabulous stuff I hear we did have fabulous stuff um and uh it was a template it is a template company uh education company an online store for photographers and so uh last year we actually sold that online store to Adorama Picks, oh. um, which is a lot of professionals don't know that it exists, but it is the lab part of Adorama. I didn't which, actually know they had a lab. Right, um, which is crazy because we, we've actually been around for 15 years, um, but we are kind of uh, stepping it up and they do some really great stuff and they purchased my company and brought me on board. Um, to run that and then also help head up a uh, creative director for the lab. So I moved to New York. Oh, that's awesome, though. What part of New York thing. are you living in? I live in Brooklyn, bitches. This is where all the cool, <laughs> that's where all the cool people live in New York now. Right. I'm, uh, I'm at William, right in Williamsburg. Actually, I can see the Williamsburg Bridge out of my apartment. Williamsburg is ground zero for New York hipsters. 
It is. And the, and the Hasidic live, Jewish community. but Exactly. I live on Broadway, which is actually the street right between the hipsters and the Hasidics. And so it's beards for days. Neutral zone. Beards, Isn't that funny? Beards. You got beards on both yeah. sides. <laughs> <laughs> it's all beards all the time. Yeah. Is it true that uh, when you go into uh, uh, B&H photo, uh, people call it B&H because everybody's got beards and hats? That's beards what and... I hear. I don't know. That's what I hear. I actually haven't been in to be an H. Oh, well, that's because of the competition. Uh, that's right. Kind of. No. Um, actually, yeah, I really haven't. Um, but yeah, so the situation that I'm currently in is kind of one of those things like, be careful what you put into the universe because the universe might actually hand it to you. So it's kind of amazing. I've always wanted to live in New York and now I'm here. So what is I got to ask you, because I want to talk to you about inspiration, because I'm really like you're one of those photographers where I look at your work and not only um, is it something that I probably couldn't do, but something I wouldn't think of. And so I really like the idea of the. So what is your favorite thing to shoot and how do you find inspiration as you're working? My favorite. uh, Well, I'm so ADD that I like a little bit of everything. Um, but my favorite thing to shoot is probably just personal work. It's probably those images that you're talking about that are just for myself um, as kind of my own personal therapy uh, and really have nothing to do with making money or pleasing a client, although it does translate into that often. Um, but yeah, just doing the work for myself and, and those sort of artistic concept images, that's my favorite thing to do. So um, what what exactly, you said you're the creative director at Adorama Picks. Mm, so yeah. besides binge watching Orange is the New Black, what do you do all day? <laughs> um, well, I am currently working with our marketing director to establish all of our marketing campaigns. I'm working on their um, emails. I have a hand in uh, new product development. So kind of when they want to know what a professional photographer would like or what sort of products we should be looking at, I get to help with that. Um, New concepts, things like that. Um, Yeah, I'm busy putting together what we're going to do for trade shows. Uh, Speaking is still part of what I'm doing, so educating, um, providing blog content, uh, tips and tutorials, and all sorts of different things. Sounds like you wear lots of hats. Yeah, see, see, yeah, yeah, you really got your your toes in a lot of water there. I'm busy, and I like it because it's always something different. Hence the ADD. Now, I want you to do one thing first. I need you to judge a contest real quick. Oh, God. Why am I afraid of what's about to happen? I want you to judge the which... Who has the sexier voice? No, you oh, and the sexy voice. Stop it. Thing. No, she's doing it. Shut up. She's going to do it. Oh, my God. You all lose because I have the sexiest voice. Thank you. <laughs> that you is awesome. The obscene caller of the month club. See? No. I got this. <laughs> so seriously, though. Like, okay. All right. Here we go. Ready? What do you say? Uh, you pick the phrase. No, no. All right. How about we say this? Monkeys with car keys. All right. All right. That's the phrase. So let me put on my sexy voice. <clears throat> wait, 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 wait. Don't you have to actually say something sexy for me to like monkeys with car keys? Well, I, I think the idea that Gary's going here for is that if your voice is really sexy, that everything sounds. Doesn't sexy. matter what you what say, you, what you can say. make anything sound sexy. All right. <sighs> All right. Hey Jen, have you heard about the latest musical sensation called monkeys with car keys? All right. So you added to it. I just want to say you embellish. Just get the phrase in there. There was embellish. Oh, so you can say whatever you just want. Just get the phrase monkeys with, monkeys with car keys. All right, Boo Ray, you're up. 
Uh, no, I think we should go to Derek next. All right, Derek, go ahead. What? Why do I have to go next? Because you sound like because, a girl, and she oh, needs a, she not, needs a control group. That's right. She's, <laughs> you're the <laughs> sherbet. You're the monkeys, sherbet in between the mon- meals. Monkeys with car keys. Okay, wait. Derek already has a leg up on both of you because he has sexier hair. Oh yes. my gosh! Oh. You just missed this last podcast. Oh, <laughs> Guess what? This episode's now getting deleted. <laughs> okay, go. Oh my gosh! Say, come on, Derek. Jen, I can't wait to show you my monkey with car keys. All right, all right. <laughs> so awkward. <laughs> all right. My turn. <laughs> <laughs> Calm down. <laughs> Sorry. <clears throat> all right. My turn? Yeah. All right. All right. Here we go. Hi, Jen. I I know we don't know each other too well, but um, <laughs> I've got a little something planned for later, and I was wondering if you'd like to come back to my place, and I don't want to tell you everything that it involves, but there will be my- monkeys <laughs> and car keys. <laughs> All right, so. Dude, you just got my vote. <laughs> so. oh my God. All right, Jen. I have to judge this? You yes, do. you have you to do. judge it. I think I, I'm going to have to go uh, with Bure just because I'm Thank interested you. in the mystique of what's happening later. Yes, there's a mystery to it. There's a mystery, there's a mystery of yeah. I, I would like to know what, how so – are the monkeys with the car keys or are they two separate events during the – that we will have – there will be a car key there's section and a monkey, monkey section. Building car keys in some sort of inappropriate manner. Uh, that's I, just, I just cut to the chase. <laughs> what I would like to know, what I what what, what I'm imagining is by the later, way, which is not always good when making love to a beautiful woman. You cut, do don't, not, cut to don't the just chase. cut to the chase. Right. <laughs> I'm just imagining later, like you know, at Adorama at the big corporate offices, and they're like, "So, Jen, what did you do today? Well, I I did a podcast to help promote us. Really well. When's that going to air? Oh, I don't think I want to tell you. <laughs> yeah, we're not going to allow you to watch. Yes, that, that's so not no. Nobody really needs to know that. Thanks. That yep. is uh, well. Thanks again for making me feel terrible about uh, oh. myself. I appreciate, it. and that's all that we got time for with Jen. T- I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh. nice, nice. So, do you miss? Um, I mean, uh, so now that you've entered the corporate world, you're uh, you, you're only shooting for yourself. Is that about right? Um, yes and no. I uh, I had clients that I had booked out weddings for you know quite some time, so I still am finishing out some of that, uh, and a few special clients here and there. Um, but yeah, for the most part, I am just going to be working on personal projects. Right, I you're, have you're not marketing yourself and bringing in clients no. because you've got the corporate um, job. So how has that been I, for you? I mean, how, how you know? I mean, how many how many how many years were you shooting for you know with, for clients? 17. Okay, so 17 years of shooting for clients, and then suddenly right. to be able to just, it's all about me. I mean, how does that, how, how's that feel? How's that, how's oh, that let's pan out for you? ourselves. It was always about me. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, it's actually kind of awesome. I know that's probably not what people necessarily want to hear, but. I would think it would be awesome. Absolutely. Yeah. What's it's more amazing. fun than to do it for yourself? It is amazing. Um, because Doing it yourself is fun. Yes, it is, in fact, much fun. <laughs> yeah. Doing it yourself can be a really I, good yes. time. I play with my monkey. And I get the best the results. I mean, <laughs> um, wow. So <laughs> have you, have you, my, so my question though is, my question is though, have you, have you, because I would imagine that there's, when, it, when you first stop having to market the clients, right. that you, that at first it's just, it's a relief. And then I would think that at some point, you start to because you've spent your life doing this that at some point there starts to be a turnaround to 
well, I'm kind of missing in the shooting a little bit. And, and then you start to really, you know, your creative side starts to come back out just for you, you know, because now you've got well, this time. I've always done work just for myself. It was always pretty important throughout my career that I actually schedule that and I do that on a consistent basis. So now I just get to do that without having any of the other. I don't have people who want something from me all the time. I just get to find the people that respect what I do and use them as muses and not have to deal with anything else that went along with it. So it's kind of amazing. I love the idea of taking more time. This is something that not only have we talked about on the show before, but I've also heard so many different photography educators and artists talk about this is that sometimes when you do something as your job, it can sort of take some of the joy out of it. Um, right. And then, you know, making time for those personal projects has been so fun. I find that nearly impossible to do sometimes because right. I'm so, you know, with the family and kids and traveling and all kinds of stuff. But um, I'm really interested in my biggest problem sometimes when trying to make time for a personal project is coming up with an idea. You know, like what, like finding inspiration. Because sometimes I'll go, oh, that's really great. And then I start to talk myself out of it like it would be too derivative of something somebody else is doing or like, you know, that maybe, I don't know. I just kind of. Yes, get... but the point is, Gary, why do you care? Because about want... it being derivative of somebody else's work. Because the point of it is, it's supposed to be just for you. It's not supposed to be about, you know, and so sometimes it's, I'll see a image in a magazine, a fashion magazine, and I'll say, I want to recreate that. Who cares if it's a complete copy? Because I'm just, I'm just working through how to do that particular lighting setup or whatever. And in the process, even of copying somebody's other concept, most oftentimes you don't copy it directly. Most of the time you create your own thing, even if you started out as something else. The point that I always made throughout my career about doing this was it's important to schedule it. I tried to schedule it and put it on the actual calendar once a month and have it actually be a priority, even if it meant blocking off from client work, because at the end of the day, it does translate back into your client work. It will make you a profit because you are re-energizing yourself creatively. You are um, expanding your horizons in terms of your technical know-how and knowledge and what you're able to accomplish. And you are finding new ways to be creative. So all of that, if you take time to do that, you prioritize it, it'll transfer back into your everyday work. So the great part about just photographing for yourself is that you don't have to care. It's, it's freedom to fail epically. Like, if at the end of the day, if you suck it up completely on that session, who's to know? Who's to care? It's just a place to be, a, just a place to play. You know, that is such an interesting thing. I've never actually heard anybody say that, like, it's okay to fail epically because when you're delivering for a client, you have to come through every right. single time. And so you stay so much inside your, your boundaries. You're not willing to push yourself as much because you got to do the things that you know you can do well and accomplish. But like if, when you're shooting for yourself, it's okay to completely screw the pooch because it was just for you and then you're going to learn and move on from it. I think that's absolutely sometimes awesome. sometimes the pooch likes it. <laughs> sometimes the pooch likes it. But it's totally true. I mean, if there's ever anything that you wanted to learn or you wanted to push yourself to accomplish, just schedule a play date. Because if you, like, if you don't know how to do off-camera flash and you have no concept of it, you don't want to try it out on a client, but just schedule somebody to come in to play around. And if you mess it up, great. Then you do it again the next time. Who cares? 
Yeah, that is, that's awesome. Yeah, that's great advice. Putting it on the schedule is is super important. Oh, yeah, because I'm with you. I just feel like oh, I do, I I I have to fight to try and schedule time to not shoot. You know, to, to take you know, you're always working. You know, but yet still, I find myself. But personal projects will re, will re-energize you, even though you're still shooting. Shooting for yourself is valuable. Well, and I always thought it was really important to put those play dates into scheduled work time. I don't schedule them on a Saturday or a Sunday or an evening. It's a scheduled shoot because otherwise you're taking part out of your life for it and you don't need to. Your clients will move and it's okay to spend a paying hour doing something else. It's fine. Hmm. Now, um, another th- as someone who spent 17 years working as a professional photographer. <clears throat> yep. Man. And uh, Derek is 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 new. He works for other photographers mostly, and he's he's five. And he's he's five, <laughs> five and a half. <laughs> he's passionate he, and looking I to still get play with monkeys and carkies. Enough where the half years don't matter yet. <laughs> I just wanted if you as someone who's been through both sides of it, lived yeah. in every possible area of professional photography. <laughs> for True. someone looking to get into it. And as an yeah. educator, what's the what's the the top things that you would tell somebody who's who are wanting to start make photography their job? Oh man, a couple of different things. I would say, well, I had I had the blessed opportunity to work for three different studios before I started my own. So I were I had seven years of studio experience before I opened the doors. So I I didn't have to go through a lot of mistakes that a lot of newbies go through in that struggle to start a business because I kind of knew what to do and what not to do. So. Um, some of the biggest things I would say, if you have the opportunity to do that, to second shoot for somebody, to spend some time in a studio, that's an amazing experience. It'll kind of guide what you want your business to be and who you want to be as a photographer. Okay. Um, secondly, I would say make it a hobby or make it a business, but don't straddle the two. Um, either shoot for yourself and don't charge, or if you're going to do a business, do a business. Yeah. Now. When I this is this is kind of a ballsy thing to say, but when I started my business, I did research in my area, and I found out what the most expensive photographer in my neighborhood was, and I made sure that I was ten dollars more expensive. Day wait, wait. So you the you ten dollars more expensive? Yeah. Not like the classic undercut. Yeah. No. So why did you do that, and how did it work out? <laughs> my theory was this. I was a single girl starting a business. I'm not going to waste five years getting to the point where I'm going to make a profit. If I'm going to do this, I'm going to go big or go home. And I didn't want to spend years raising my prices, raising my prices, raising my prices to get to a point where I was going to make a profit because you piss off your clients along the way. You start off with this low expectation Mm -hmm. and then you're constantly raising to get to this bar and now you're trying to attain this clientele and you're irritating all the ones that have been loyal from the very beginning when you were low price. I I didn't want to be that person. And there's that whole thing about perceived value. I'm a girl. I know about shopping. Okay. If I go to Target and I buy the same shirt that I buy at Macy's, it can be the same shirt, but I'm going to dry clean the one I paid for. Hey, so uh, Gary Bure, how much you guys charge again? But it was, and it was also like, I want to work smart. I don't want to work hard. I don't want to do 800 clients to make the same profit I could do if I was doing 200 clients. I wanted to shoot less, make more. And I, like I said, I had that, I, I came from studios that taught me a lot about pricing and I had brilliant friends in the industry and I was able to make those decisions before I even opened the doors and it worked out. 
I love great. the idea of if, if, if I could be a wedding photographer and shoot one wedding a year for $250,000 um, <laughs> and take the rest of the year yeah. off. But let me, let, me, let me step in, though, and say when you open your doors and you set your prices high, but you had spent quite a bit of time apprenticing. Um, yes, I had worked for a, for three other studios and had seven years under my belt. So okay, I did... seven years, woo, seven yeah. years. Because one yeah. of the things that I see yeah. a lot is that, is that people who who come to me and they say, "I'm not getting clients. I'm not getting clients." You know, my pri- I've got my prices. I'm not getting clients, and I'm saying to myself, "It's because you're not any good." Right. You know, you've got to be able to you, talking the talk is fine, but you've got to be able to walk the walk too. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And and I and I knew I had the confidence going forward that I could um, creatively do the job. Um, it was just the business end of it that, that needed to step up. But um, I also did a really fun marketing thing like our very first year. Um, my business partner and I came up with this thing we called Sphere Marketing, which we took 25 names of friends, families, or small business owners in our community. And we offered those 25 people a free session and a free eight by 10 in exchange for names of 25 people of their friends mm-hmm. and family that would Sounds be- Sounds like low- something Melanie Anderson would do. What does it? It's something Jen Hillengate. Uh-huh. Yes, she does. Uh-huh. Right. Right. Uh-huh. Let's stay uh-huh. on point here, Derek. Why don't you shut up for a second? <laughs> anyway, so what we did is we, we offered them the session and the, the free eight by 10 for 25 of names of their friends and family that they had to give to us. And from those original sessions, we took the images from that session and we created a custom greeting card that we sent to those 25 names um, and uh, offered them a free session at a free five by seven to try us out. Hmm. The reason it did 25, because 25 was the minimum number of greeting cards that I could get. (laughs) (laughs) And, um, only one or two people took the offer, got the free eight by 10 and didn't do anything else. Our average sale was over $600 and this was our first month of business and we were booked solid for three months. And just so, off this one marketing idea. That's awesome. It was the best thing we ever did. I think that that right there is worth, yeah. the, worth the free price of admission you paid to listen to this podcast. Yeah, that's fantastic. Yeah, absolutely. It's worth the harassment they had to sit through to listen to this podcast. That is absolutely awesome, man. I think that's <laughs> I have a promo coming up that involves Monkeys and car keys. Oh, <laughs> oh well, yes. That. I'm not going to talk about Do it. Do we right get now. 25 of them? Uh, yeah, <laughs> and then you get to screw the pooch. <laughs> yeah, 25 wow. monkeys with car keys. Wow. So, um, having yeah. that is a it's just an awesome way to sort of start out. Um, and and you said opening your studio is the first promotion you ran, and right off the bat you were booked, and you yeah. came out of the gate more expensive than the most expensive person you could find. Like, I love I love that idea because normally it's it's people step into photographers tend to be sort of like insecure narcissists. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like right. yeah, and that's who I am. And like the creative types, ah. right brained insecure narcissists. That's what we are. And um, I, I think that's that's fair to say that one we like to believe that our work is awesome. Two, but we're insecure about showing it to anybody else. Right. You know, and and then also afraid to charge for what you do, you know? And so because we love doing it, oh, there's that like the artist guilt of trying to sell something because there's in your totally heart, a guilt thing involved. And especially as a woman photographer, there's totally a guilt thing involved with, you know, it's your tendency to take care of people and it's your tendency to like give to people. And now all of a sudden you're coming in with this confidence of this is what I'm worth. That's a hard thing to do. I think you came in with like some like swagger, some straight up like John Wayne, <laughs> 
as a photographer yeah. swagger, you know. But she had, but she also had seven years of working to mm-hmm. back it up. I think that's maybe that's super key to think that um, apprenticeship is something we talked about this before on a previous episode about assistants and how they want they want to come in, learn as fast as they can, and then go and do their own thing really quickly. Or and and, and I think that seven years is like you probably so had come into your own as a photographer by that point like you were probably on on a pretty solid level photographically well what's funny about that is if you've ever read um uh i think it's malcolm gladwell the outliers right the Uh, 1000 hours 10,000 hours 10,000 hour principle and that is 40 hours a week for seven years i believe wow yeah Pretty sure. I mean, I don't do math because I'm an artist. So, <laughs> think along those lines. How confident were you in your work when you started? Yeah, I was pretty good. Yeah, I, yeah <laughs> no doubt, no doubt. <laughs> but I mean, you always have a little bit of a. We're photographers. We like things. We we have a three day shelf life for liking anything. That's I don't know, true. like. What I shot last week, I'll look at this week and be like, hmm, sucks. Yeah. But I'll like it for about three days and then I'm over it. So, I mean, there's always a self-confidence issue. Um, but, I mean, honestly, like that – I come from a fine art background. I, my, my college major was fine art and graphic design. Um, so I've always known that I was going to do something artistic as a child. So that actually was the one thing in my life that I was very confident about and kind of owned. It's the place I'm probably least self-conscious. There you go. That's the word. I think, um, the, you know, the more talented sometimes an artist is, sort of the 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 the, the flightier they are about what liking their own stuff. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Like, like the, the better, the, the most talented people I know, they're like, they, they like it even it's just by the time they – Get done working on it. They're done with it. They don't even want to look at it again. You know? It's funny that you know she said the three day shelf life. I actually mine's the other way around. I, well, if I look at stuff from several years ago, of course I hate it. But if I shoot something today, I'll be like, oh, okay. And then a couple weeks later, or uh, six months later, when scrolling back through stuff, is when I will come across stuff and go, huh, that's pretty good actually. You know, that's that's pretty good. So I kind of hate myself when I'm doing it. There's a lot of self loathing when <laughs> there, I'm doing. There's it. There's so much self loathing. It's it, almost it, like yes. a healthy respect for yourself and your company though like, or the absolute yeah. opposite it's like an a- yeah. <laughs> right <laughs> so you know, we all hate ourselves also that I, I think you said you know the more creative we are the more flighty we are i also know a lot of really amazing artists that are not good business people and that's, that's common um, oh yeah going back to one of you know what i tell people is i had a business partner and that doesn't always work Um, I think that what's interesting about that is it's kind of like a marriage. Um, So, you know, there's good parts and bad parts about it. But I knew the thing that made me a brilliant businesswoman is that I knew I wasn't a brilliant businesswoman. Amen. And so I brought on uh, kind of the yin to my yang to complement what I didn't have. And I think that's one of the things that allowed us to be successful. I think that there's we've talked about that in the context of uh, husband and wife teams a lot or partner teams or, that are in a relationship and, and so you're one of the one of the people that had someone that you was not a romantic relationship that was just a straight up right. business partner slash friendship yeah. and I, I would think that that would be almost better because you don't <laughs> you don't take it home with you right when someone well, didn't, you know yeah well Penn and Teller well, famously what I will say is we were not that close I mean we of course we're in business for 10 years ago so we weren't that close before we went into business together we were we were friends but we weren't that close um, and we we actually worked 
worked really well together. I can only count maybe five knockdown drag out fights we had in ten years. That's, that's pretty significant. No, Penn and Teller, the magicians, they asked yeah. Penn, why, why have you been successful? Why have the two of you been successful as a team for so long? And he said, I think a big part of it is the fact that we're not really good friends. He said, we, we work together, but we don't socialize outside of working together. We don't spend time together. We're not really good friends. We just, we're business partners. And that's why we've been successful for so long is because it's business. Well, and we, we were good friends at the, you know, throughout our business, but, um, but yeah, we definitely had our own lives and we could get away from each other. So right. it wasn't like a husband and wife situation, you know, and it was great. And she did, you know, marketing and bookkeeping and, um, our brains work really well together. And, you know, I always say, <laughs> we always said we were going to make business cards and hers said, I, mine said, I make shit pretty. And hers says, I get shit done. Yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. I like that. Well, there's so much that we could like mine your brain for, but we are just coming up on the absolute like tail end of the show. And um, right. I wanted to take the opportunity. I know you're busy and you're in between flying places and doing stuff. And, um, and I literally texted you yesterday to ask you yes. to do this, and you agreed to do it. So um, <laughs> so thank you, thank you, thank you for sharing, uh, letting us pick your brain a little bit. You are awesome, amazing, and uh, I can't say enough about how much I admire what you do. And also um, – Would know, you just call me every morning and tell me these things? Good morning. Hey, how you doing? We can record it for you. If you – Turn around, you'll see monkey, monkey keys with car keys. Monkey, <laughs> so uh, we're gonna we're gonna wrap it up. We got a couple of things to announce, but thank you again, Jen, for being with us. Awesome. We really, we really Thanks, guys. You. It's great to thank be you here. So much, Jen. All right, is there anything that you need to uh, promote before we go, Gary? Yes, August tenth and eleventh, which is really, 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 really soon. I will be doing a two day class on Creative Live um, for uh, doing business headshots, and then August 29th, thirtieth, and thirty first, I will be speaking at Focus twenty fifteen. That is the convention of the Florida professional photographer. Photographers. It's going to be at the Florida Hotel and Conference Center in Orlando. And I think for now that may be it. All right. right. And don't forget, if you have things you'd like for us to talk about on the show, questions or comments, you can always email us. Questions at photobombpodcast.com. You can find us online at photobombpodcast.com. You can find us on Facebook and Twitter. And any place where podcasts are streamed, you can download iTunes or Pocket Cast or any of those places. And that does it for this week. We will see you next time. And see you later. 